Hey friends, before we get to today's episode, I want to talk to you about unicorns. You know I think we're all unicorns because we have special gifts and talents, and because we're all so special, it's important that we invest in things that will help us get to the next level. In fact, 20% of all unicorn startups are using HubSpot, and for good reason. HubSpot's all-in-one platform levels up your sales, software, and support. Plus, they have a huge collection of resources to help startups scale. And with the HubSpot for Startups program, you can save big off your first year. To see if you're eligible to save on HubSpot, visit HubSpot.com slash startups. Children. I can't say enough about children. Children are a gift from God. The minute that child opens his or her eyes and look at you, there is a bondage, especially if you love the person for whom you got the child, whether you're married or not. If you love that person, you can transfer that love onto the child. Better marry the person you love, because if you dislike that person, you may turn around and put your anger on that child. So it starts with love. And love is like a continuing chain. As they say, love rules the world. Hey everyone, this is Ashley Menzies Babatunde and welcome to another episode of No Straight Path, the highs, the lows, and the lessons learned. No Straight Path is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. We are digging into the human stories behind success, and my hope as always is that you leave the conversation inspired, motivated, and excited about your journey. Today, we have a very special episode because we are honoring my dear grandmother, Eula Kennard Menzies. Her birthday is on December 10th, which is in a few days, and she passed away a few months ago at the age of 95. We were very close, and she had such a meaningful impact on my life. I grew up in the same house as Grandma Eula, and she helped raise me. As I've been navigating my No Straight Path journey, I've not only thought about my childhood and some of the qualities and characteristics that show up in the work I'm doing today, I've also thought about my family, their stories, their experiences, and their sacrifices, and how that impacts who I am. When people ask me to describe myself, I often use the word storyteller. And Grandma Eula had a gift for storytelling. I always think, there she is, showing up in my work and passions. I am so grateful that I was able to capture some of her stories and reflections on a voice recording a few years ago, and I'm excited to share some of her thoughts with you all today. Before we get to Grandma Eula's reflections, I want to tell you a bit more about her. She was born in Guyana in South America in 1926. She was one of seven children. Her father was a British doctor, and her mother was Afro-Guyanese and stayed at home to raise the children. Grandma Eula always spoke affectionately about her parents and their love for each other. Although there was a bit of an age gap, and they had some challenges navigating an interracial marriage during that time, their love was strong. After her father passed away, she traveled the world and had lots of fun adventures. Those were actually some of her favorite stories to tell. Not long after her travels, she met my grandfather, Edgar. They married and emigrated to the States in the 1950s to pursue their education at the University of Nebraska. They later moved to Los Angeles, where she worked as an executive assistant for over 20 years, raised four boys, yes, four, 
and co-founded Guyana Medical Relief, a nonprofit dedicated to providing medical supplies to underserved hospitals and people in Guyana. Guyana Medical Relief was so close to my grandmother's heart, and the organization has donated over $100 million so far through goods and services. If you'd like to help contribute to the people of Guyana and continue my grandmother's legacy, you can find the website and more information in the show notes. Every time I think about my grandma's life, I think, wow, that was a life well lived. She really was an incredible woman, a woman before her time. She traveled the world. She questioned societal norms. She went to church and marched in the streets for LGBTQ rights. She understood that these two things weren't mutually exclusive. She was disheartened by social inequality. She donated to various organizations and even founded one. She saved every penny. Some people might've called her cheap because she was. But she saved every penny and she invested money her father left her and her earnings as an assistant to start building generational wealth for her family. She was a boss and she was giving boss vibes before it was even popular. To paint the picture a bit more, I like to share her double jeopardy story. Technically, the story doesn't actually involve double jeopardy because there is no crime or prosecution involved, thank God, but I think you'll understand why she used this term after you take a listen. So let's get to it. This is just a a little personal incident when I worked at a certain place. I will not call the name for the record, but the person for whom I worked directly gave me my work performance review, which was very good. And then he said to me, now, Eula, you have to go into the director's office. He's the head of the department, and he will also give you a performance review. And I said, why is that necessary? Because I don't work for him. I work for you. He said, well, have a little patience. It has always been done this way in this department. So you just go ahead. So I went into the head of the department, and he said, Okay, Eula, you may sit now. And I said, oh, don't worry. I don't need to sit. I won't be here very long. And then he looked at me and he got red in the face because he was very white. He said, oh, you don't need. How do you know that you won't be here very long? I said, I have just one question for you. He said, well, what is it? I said, do you believe in double, double jeopardy? He said, Why did you ask me that? I said, well, my immediate boss, who knows my work, has already evaluated my work. Now I am coming to you, who is the head of this department and very busy, and you are in a position now to do the same thing. Don't you think you're wasting your valuable time? There was a long pause. He says, well, why do you think I'm wasting your time, my time? I said, well, you're wasting your time because you are using up your valuable time, plus you are subjecting me to double jeopardy. I'm being judged on the same thing twice. He looked at me. He got red in the face. Then he threw his head back and he laughed. He said, okay, okay, you can go back to your regular boss, but do me a favor. Don't tell him I did not interview you because that is a tradition. I don't want to get around that you're the only person I'm not interviewing. I said, oh, thank you very much. Have a great day. (laughs) Bye-bye. I just love this story. Grandma Eula did too. She loved to tell it. 
And I think she liked sharing it because it served as an example of how she challenged authority when things just didn't make sense. She questioned norms. She was brave. It's the kind of bravery that I may have taken for granted. Lately, others have used the word brave to describe me, and I was a bit surprised. I realized that it's something that was just instilled in me from my grandmother and my mother. They were never afraid to speak up. If something doesn't make sense, speak up, try to change it, problem solve, use your voice, and advocate for yourself and others. That's what I was taught, and I guess that's what I do. I talk a lot about self-awareness on this podcast and how it can help you lead a more fulfilling life as you navigate your No Straight Path journey. And one exercise that I think can be really helpful as you explore your understanding of self is to go back to your family history. Learn as much as you can. Science-based research shows that knowing your family history gives you a sense of identity, makes you more resilient, helps you connect with others, and makes you a better human. I know that many of us may have done this work for a school project when we were younger, but revisiting our history as an adult can have positive effects on your well-being. If you want to learn more about this research around the value of family history, feel free to check out some of the articles I included in the show notes. So friends, we're going to take a quick break so I can tell you about another amazing podcast, and that's Latinx Empower, hosted by Thaisa Fernandez, which is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Latinx Empower is a podcast that features interviews with top-level executives, entrepreneurs, and innovators from Latin America, aiming to demystify the tech industry by providing listeners with insider perspectives and insights from Latin American leaders who have succeeded in their careers. I think you'll love a recent episode on toxic positivity in the workplace. Listen to Latinx Empower wherever you get your podcasts. While I loved hearing little anecdotes about grandma's life and our family history, I was also curious about her values. I could glean what they were by the way she lived her life, but I wanted her to articulate them. Perhaps I missed something. I wanted to know about the things that really mattered to her. The first thing that she shared is that helping others enriches your life. For me to know what really matters, the things that matter, it matters to me to feel I have a good contact with my immediate family. It also matters to me to realize that the world at large is also part of my family. So where there's a need, if possible, I need to step in to help that situation. And you find that when you help somebody, it really enriches your life because it makes you a better person when you give. That person that you helped has a good chance of passing on to somebody else. So it's like you're creating a revolving chain of other people who care about each other. And in turn, there's an extension of caring from people to the world in which we live. Then Grandma shared the importance of protecting the environment. She was just so passionate about this subject, and she often cut out articles on climate change and put them on my desk when I was growing up. She honestly cut out articles on lots of different topics, but climate change was definitely one of the most popular. Let's listen to what she had to say. Like global warming, I am very upset that this beautiful earth that God has given us, that we are not really caring for the earth. And because we don't care for the earth, 
The earth is doing what people would do, rebel. It's given us more rain than we need, more sun that we need. More things are happening to the world, which is our home, because we are not caring for it. So we have to realize the earth is our home. We have to keep it going because we need it when we live and we need to pass on a good earth that our children and grandchildren and the rest of humankind can live in. So that's one thing that I care about your birth. Oh, I just love her passion. The next value she shared was about the importance of religious tolerance. The second thing I care about is religion. I'm a Catholic by convert because I went to Catholic school and boarding school. But we have to be careful how religion affects us and how it affects others. If our religion helps to make us a better person and we in turn help others, then it's fine. But if religion acts as a dictator and puts obligations on us that a lot of times we cannot do or achieve, because as human beings, we have to realize we aren't perfect. We have to learn to forgive. And religion has to be flexible. We have to also respect other people's religions. We may not believe in their theories, but that's what they have chosen. It's a matter of choice. The reason the world is in confusion, most people think what I have is the best and what you have is subpar. You don't measure up. And because of that, if you don't respect their religion, in a way you don't respect them. And maybe you're an Arab and you find it necessary once a year to go to Mecca and people criticize you for making this long journey, and they criticize how you fast. But that's what you want to do, because you are fulfilling what's inside of you and what you believe in. So we have to learn to respect them. And if we respect them and don't criticize them, there's a good chance that they, in turn, will respect you. And even if they don't respect you, they're more likely to tolerate you, which also is better than disliking you completely. Then she shared her thoughts on politicians and serving others. We come to politicians. Politicians very often get on my nerves because they promise a lot of things that they know they cannot do. But it's good for them to make these promises in the hopes that you will believe. I don't like a politician making a fool out of me, promising things that he really or she does not want to achieve. So I am very careful who I vote for. And before I vote for that person, I try to analyze as much as I can what they're saying or what they have done, particularly what they have done in the past. Because very often what they have done in the past will reflect what they're most likely to do in the future. Who is your favorite politician? My favorite politician is Barack Obama. I'm looking at a photo of him right now. I have adopted him like my son. From the minute I started hearing his, his voice on television, there was something about him that said to me, here is a unique individual. And there's a quotation on the, his photo that I'm looking at right now read it. 
The best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. That's right. And that's how you find true happiness. Deciding where you can help and giving service. Sometimes you try and you don't make the grade, but at least you tried. You got to get credit for trying. She also talked about children, motherhood, and love. Children. I can't say enough about children. Children are a gift from God. The minute that child opens his or her eyes and look at you, there is a bondage, especially if you love the person for whom you got the child, whether you're married or not. If you love that person, you can transfer that love onto the child. Better marry the person you love, because if you dislike that person, you may turn around and put your anger on that child. So it starts with love. And love is like a continuing chain. As they say, love rules the world. Next, she shared her love of music. I used to wake up to the sound of steel drums because that was my grandma's favorite morning music. And we'd have afternoon and weekend dance parties to calypso music. And she was always singing. She actually sang one opera song, and it was on the radio in Guyana when she was younger. She had a beautiful voice. I like music. Why? I like music, all sorts of music. I like the calypso because it has a rhythm and a beat. Maybe that's because part of me comes from Africa. But there's something in the calypso that makes you move. But I also like classical music. Maybe that's the part of me that came from England. Because it could be very soothing. For instance, when I'm worried about my arthritis and it's really hurting and I have my music on, to heck with it, I can dance in the kitchen. Forget about the darn arthritis. And I thank the music. Music is also good because it brings people together. It isn't because when you're dancing, you need to hold a person. You could be dancing away from the person, but you're just there experiencing a moment that you're enjoying and that person is enjoying. And that, in a way, is a, a bond that you may share just for a night at a casual party or that you may share later on with someone that you love. But music is a very fulfilling source. Finally, she shared her thoughts on criticism, happiness, and jokes. And she ends with her joyous laugh, a laugh I miss, a laugh I love, and a laugh I'll always remember. I don't like criticism, but it's a very difficult thing not to criticize. I know from my own experience, when things don't go well or I object, I criticize. But that is dangerous in a way. Because, for instance... When you criticize someone, it's like telling that person, you're no good. You don't measure up to my standard. What you did, I don't like. There is not everything that you like that somebody is going to like. So someone may do something that you don't like, but as once it does not hurt or affect you, let it go with the wind. Move off where there's a cool breeze blowing. <laughs> where there's somebody across the room that is smiling. Learn to associate yourself, if possible, with happy people. And if they're not happy, try to give them some of the happiness that you may have. That's why I collect my jokes. I have a folder. It has all sorts of jokes, good jokes, naughty jokes, smart jokes. And when I call some of my old friends, 
I am 91. Some are a little younger. Few of them are older. But when they really start on burdening themselves with their illnesses, the only thing to break that cycle of pain that they're expressing, which also is passing on to me because I care about them, I said, okay, okay, that's enough, girl. Here's a joke. And I end up with them laughing before I hang up the phone. I don't know what else you want me to talk about. That is wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to another episode of No Straight Path, the highs, the lows, and the lessons learned. Remember to share this episode with friends and family. And if you like what you hear, please go on to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts to rate the show. It helps other listeners find No Straight Path. Let's spread the message, everyone, and make sure that millennials feel less alone. There's no straight path in your career and life, and that's okay. It's honestly what makes the journey exciting. So let's get inspired together. I hope you have a great week.